Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. Let's Chat is a long-form conversational chat where I, your host, Chris Revel, use my behavioral health background and my obsession with pop culture to chat with folks from the world of punk rock, podcasting, and pop culture. Today, we hit all three boxes uh, with this one with Caroline and Nicole. They are the host of the Defining Disney podcast, a podcast that seeks out the ultimate question, what is the best Disney animated film, and they use a scientific rubric they've created to figure out this answer, because this is the kind of people they are, and this is why we love them. They love pop culture as much as I do. Like, it's it's my subconscious, it's in my blood, everything to me is a pop culture reference, and it, it, it's, I always say it's for, Let's Chat really is for a show who people who just love pop culture a little bit too much, and uh, Caroline and Nicole definitely fit that venue. Uh, so Caroline and Nicole and I met they were, I think they met with producer Bree, who was not able to make this intro today. Sorry, Bree. We'll get her on the next one. And we had uh, hosted a watch party of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse with See You Live in August when Let's Chat turned seven. I can't believe we're turning eight this year. Jesus. And Caroline and Nicole ended up coming to our watch party. We had so much fun. And then I remember Caroline coming on to one of our Let's Chat meetings to invite us to be guests on their podcast. And then around that a little bit later, we started the Let's Chat Club and they, they became members and have just become good friends. Uh, Nicole and I hosted a Marvel Cinematic Universe panel and we that was a ton of fun. I actually got sick halfway through, so she had to cover for me. But thank you, Caroline. And um, you know, these are people I feel like if we all lived in the same area, we would hang out all the time. I'm, I feel fortunate now I can I can call both of their husbands, Stephen and Kevin, friends. Uh, Kevin and I have done uh, Let's Chat Live together, which we loved, which was really fun. And Stephen actually came on to this episode for a little bit. Apparently he's very camera shy, but he heard us talking about Ska, so we invited him on. He came in to chat with us. We're going to have to get him on an episode or Let's Chat Live or something because I... I really like this guy. He's awesome. And um, just so much fun. I mean, Caroline and, Dis- uh, Caroline and Nicole, oh my God, their Disney knowledge blows me out of the water. Like, I, by no means in a Disney nerd, I, I enjoy Disney very much, but my God. Um, I did, I was a guest on their episode where they co- we covered uh, Lady and the Tramp. And I've been on a lot of podcasts. I make a podcast for almost eight years now. I've never met anyone who works as hard as Caroline and Nicole. Oh my god, I got like a seven pages of notes before I went on their episode, like outlining the episode, because they are just so thorough. And the amount of work they have to put into, they have to watch the movie. Often they do a watch party on Twitter, which I definitely recommend you you join. Those are super fun. And they do office hours. Like, they've really built this wonderful community with uh, Defining Disney, which it's uh, an honor to be a part of, and I'm just, I really can't wait for all of you to listen to this. And I truly believe if they stick with it, which I think they will... This is going to be a podcast that you're going to see on like iHeartRadio one day. Like they, they just they got they got the it factor, if you will. Uh, so that's enough of me about singing their praises because I could do that all day. I'm just such a fan, and it's so great to have them in our Let's Chat Club. If Let's Chat Club is something you're interested in joining, shoot us a message on any of the social medias at Let's Chat Podcast. We'll give you some more information. It's a really great way to network and connect. Uh, we've been. Doing, we just had a class hosted by um, a professional therapist and coach Nikolai Blino about like burnout, and um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, quick housekeeping: I was also recently a guest on Cyber Time Bite. Shout, shout out to Nether, shout Stephen. That was a ton of fun. I'll be a guest, I believe, in August on the Jock Doc podcast. They were one of our Let's Chat Live 
uh, guest. They were awesome as well. That was a lot of fun. And uh, we have to give a huge shout-out to our friend Robbie. Robbie Sherman for com- from Conversations with Robbie for editing this episode for us. Uh, he's going to be on a future episode of Let's Chat Live. We can't wait for that. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what's Let's Chat Live? Well, Let's Chat Live is our video podcast uh, hosted by myself and producer Bree, and we have a rotating Let's Chat Club members also host from time to time as well. And we seek out podcasters and the shows, the podcasts that we're listening to and we think you should listen to. That we is all a video. It's on our Facebook and our YouTube page. We now are going to be releasing these episodes in our Let's Chat with Chris Revel feed for about one to two weeks. Then they will disappear, the audio feed, and they will be behind our um, member access. You can have access to those on our Patreon, which is Let's Chat Media. Let's Chat, uh, patreon.com slash Let's Chat Media. So feel free if you'd like to make a donation, it would mean the world. And if you're also looking for stickers, merch, anything like that, we have a TeePublic, TeePublic.com slash Let's Chat Podcast. And I... Man, I'll try to keep it short, but I just I had so much fun on this episode. Oh, and one last thing, I, another big thank you to Mark Hershon for including us a couple months ago for, in Vultures This Week in Podcast with our Chris Gethard episode, which was uh, quite the honor to be make it into Vulture again. And if you're listening to this in real, if you're listening to this in real time and near the Providence area, uh, Wednesday, June 30th, I'm going to be performing at Pachacacha. I think I said that right. I'm gonna be. It's a storytelling event. I'm really excited about that. You can find all that information on our Facebook. And last thing before I sign off, make sure you join our Facebook group at Let's Chat Community. It's been so much fun. It's really growing. We're getting more interactive, and it's been great. And the true last thing I'll say: the next episode we'll be posting will be with Matt, who plays trumpet in Streetlight Manifesto. A big shout out to our good friend Sonetta for helping us land that one. Uh, I'm really thrilled how that came out. Uh, who else? I know I'm in talking with uh, Connor from Boys Night Out is talking about coming on. And our new buddy Dana from the Two Weeks Podcast is definitely, we're going to do something soon. So those are what we got in the works, but we're always looking for more, some more people. Uh, if you have anyone you're interested in hearing on here, let them know. Let us know. We'd love to talk. And um, hey, let's get to it. And now, I thought I remembered, but I don't know if I'm misconstruing the uh, memory. But did you and uh, Caroline, did you and Bree get in like a Twitter spat? And then not a, a Twitter spat. So okay. I Bree's gonna love this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just kind of like starting our social media presence right before launch. So I guess this was like May of last year. Um, and I was like searching for podcast people, like independent podcasts and different things, and uh, found Bree because she had posted something about somebody else's podcast that she was reviewing. And I like clicked on her profile, I was like reading a little bit, and then I scrolled back up to her profile and it said Charlottesville. And I was like, wait a second, that's like an hour from me. And so I messaged her about like podcasting and what you know what her she had the let's chat handle in her bio too so i like clicked on that and i followed the let's chat account and uh 
I messaged her and we kind of started talking about whatever show it was that she had reviewed. And then I mentioned to her that I saw that she's in Charlottesville. She's like, oh, yeah, we, we live in Charlottesville. I grew up in Richmond. I was like, I'm, I'm in Richmond. I grew up in Richmond. How old are you? Like, we actually know some of the same people. Um, oh, wow. So there's I, I was very heavily involved in choir when I was in high school. And there's a family that uh, had an older son that was, I guess, in school the same time as Bree that had a younger son in school at the same time I was. And so we both know, I guess, opposite ends of that family, basically. That is so cool. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was Twitter. Because I remember you came to our, um, we did our uh, seventh birthday, we did the Spider-Verse watch, too. Yes, yeah. I remember meeting you all. And at that point, too, that was, let's see, that was in August. But I think Bree and I started working together. Like, she came on as a, the original pitch to her was like, hey, um, be a, come be a producer for Let's Chat with Chris Revel. And then it's spawned into uh, something much bigger <laughs> and larger. Yeah, I remember when Caroline found her and she was like, oh, my God, this girl Brie has like X thousand number of followers. And like she's following us and she's going to review us like this is going to be huge. And I was like, cool, let's do it. That's <laughs> uh, and, it, and it was because she's as um. And I, I recently was guest on your podcast, which was super fun. And I'm going to guess you could tell the difference from how your setup was to ours was like three minutes before. I was like, I couldn't get to the computer. And I'm like, I want, I'm, I'm hoping you're like, that's why you need to bury. Because <laughs> she's type A and I'm type B. <laughs> and that's why we work much better. <laughs> when she's involved, things go much more smoother ever since I started working with her because she's the best. Also, then how do you two know each other? Because I know like you're a couple's friends. That's so. Great. I met Nicole's husband, Kevin, uh, when I moved to Florida to work for Disney. Uh, he was my trainer when I was uh, training as a lifeguard at the Yachton Beach Club Resorts. Um, and we like to say uh, Kevin has a habit of picking up strays and bringing them home. Uh, he, he sort of gets to vet them before they meet Nicole. Uh, he, he decides which ones are, are good enough to keep forever. And uh, he brings them home and they get to meet Nicole. And I, I was good enough to, uh, to get to see Nicole. I came over for dinner and they fed me. Uh, Nicole is an incredible cook. Actually, they both are. Uh, and they're both Italian. So I believe my first meal with them was pasta. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, right. that became a regular a regular occurrence over the course of the next uh, five years that I ended up living in Orlando. We uh, then they actually introduced me to my husband, Stephen. Oh. <laughs> I, so, I, you're in Florida, uh, so I people. I'm I am Italian, but I I grew up in the Northeast, so like getting good Italian food down there is probably a little bit different than it is up here. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there are definitely pockets. Um, we have an old standby uh, Mimi's in Hollywood, Florida, down in South Florida, that is a staple. Um, and then there was a restaurant called John the Baker um, that was in South Florida as well that we would always frequent. Um, but yeah, finding finding Italian food, you have to know where to look. And then once you find those pockets, you stick with them. Uh, so, you know, I have a I have a little place that's in Lake Nona, uh, not far from my house, where uh, they they speak Italian. They'll pick up the phone and answer in Italian and be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, 
you know, I'm, I'm used to speaking in, in Italian and then they'll, they'll repeat the greeting in English. So like, you know, you find the right place at that point. Um, they make incredible food. They're called uh, so, yeah. No, Lake Nona is the town, uh, uh, but the, the restaurant is called Piazza Italia and uh, the entire okay. family is, is from Italy. Um, and they had, they came to America and they opened up this little restaurant and, uh, the, the the familia style is like very you know very very entrenched in the yeah. culture so when you find a place like, like yeah, that you stick with it <laughs> the more with the islands in providence for several years which is like the epitome of it yeah, yeah it, it's the best italian food outside of italy that you can find mm -hmm. maybe like new york and the north end but oh my god that's that's so funny. Um, <laughs> Bri, I know Bri told me, Caroline, that uh, I know you, it's a, and I'm so jealous you got to meet her in real life, that um, that you're just everyone's best friend. I'm like, yep, I, I relate to that too. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally the Kevin where I, in my relationship with my wife where I pick up all the strays and people. Like uh, my friend, my friend, my Nikolai always calls me, we call each other friend collectors. That's just... <laughs> that sounds like yeah. Kevin. Yeah, that's yeah. my husband in a nutshell. I am uh, much more reserved at yes. first uh, when I when I meet people. So I'm, I'm a lot more, um, I wouldn't say untrustworthy, but definitely more hesitant. Um, so my husband will will meet people and vet them. And then if he likes them and thinks they'll be a good fit, that's when they kind of come into the fold. That's um, my dynamic with my wife. That's so funny. Yeah. It makes sense because I love Kevin. We've got to host together uh, for Let's Chat Live and it's always fun to talk to. But like that makes so much sense. That's, that's our exact same dynamic <laughs> with my super Italian wife. Yeah. And <laughs> and that's basically how, how Caroline came into it. And my husband and I and Steven all were um, met freshman year of college. So we've been friends for some time. Um, and, that's, and that's how we ended up having Steven and Caroline meet. So we're a hundred percent responsible for that relationship. So did you do that on purpose? It. Like before they like met, were you like low key, low key, yeah. low key? Yeah, yeah. Low they key, yeah. they they heard that Stephen was going to be in Orlando for training for his new job, and I had just gotten out of a relationship. And Kevin was like, hmm. and Nicole was like, hmm. were you already married to Kevin when this happened, or like at least uh, we were engaged? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he and I have been together since. A long time now, um, a long time now. Uh, but we were we were engaged to be married uh, at that time. We'd actually just gotten engaged, and that's when we had them yeah, meet up. The, a two headed monster happens because then you're like, oh, I can only hang out with a couple friends now. Well, yeah, <laughs> yep. <does> that. <laughs> pretty much. Because <laughs> like, because if, if you don't like your friend's partner, like I, I, there you don't want to hang out with them. Yeah, out. yeah it doesn't work at all. Yeah, friend, it just it hasn't worked, and like. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Caroline's partner at the time, like he was a little meh. Um, and Stephen's partner at the time uh, was long distance, so you know it was like, okay, well, we need to make this easier. So, <laughs> like, let's give it easier a on everybody. Yeah, exactly. Because in all reality, you could have lost Caroline, so we were all like, we need to keep Caroline in the fold. So <laughs> pretty much, I mean, it was yeah. yeah, it was she's intending to stay. Um, you know, with the college program at Disney, there are definitely people that are like, hey, once I'm done with my program, I'm gone. So, like, I don't even bother with those people because, like, you're leaving. And I I don't, there the, for... I don't have the energy to maintain a friendship like that. You're only there for three to six months. And yeah. then you go back to wherever you, you know, were or you go back yeah. to school yeah. or you find a new job somewhere. Um, but 
not me. I, I moved with the intention of working for the mouse long term. And that's yeah. exactly what I did. I worked for Disney for oh, three years straight so, once I moved to Florida. So you, in just had, you just had your anniversary of leaving the company. Yes, it I came up did. In my Facebook memories. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That happened. Yeah, that happened. That was uh what two days ago that I yeah, yeah. two days two days ago, three years ago. Yeah, twenty eighteen. So twenty eighteen wow. was when I left the company. So I was there just over three years. So tell us about your podcast because I want to make sure we talk about that now and not skip the whole hour and then I completely forget about it because I know there's gonna be much Disney talk. And I really want to hear about working at Disney because that I've actually only been there once in my entire life and up until recently i didn't ever want to go and now i do i really <laughs> bad and i blame defining disney and the disney navigators for that especially <laughs> like uh like i was like oh my god this sounds so cool and but i i think i actually we're going well we were supposed to go last year but you know uh so i think this year, which i think might be a little bit better because my daughter is she was too, I thought I didn't want to go with a three-year-old because that's not fun. They can't stay up all, all they got a nap and I want to have fun, you know? So oh, I think for if she's sure. like five, it's going to be much more of a better experience for her, for me. Maybe her, I don't care. And she'll uh, remember it more yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking too. I'm like, we might not have, I'm like in my head, I'm like, we're going to be the people who probably might not most likely go twice. So maybe we should uh, go and she can remember. <laughs> Make it count for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the average family saves for five years to afford a Disney trip for four for a week. Saving five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny because our podcast was born as a result of COVID. Uh, So, you know, it is it is one of those uh, silver linings that we got from from COVID. Uh, Caroline and Steven moved out of state the weekend that shutdowns started happening. It was total sheer happenstance, but um, that was the weekend that they ended up moving um, yeah. cool. out of state. It was, it was the weekend they shut down college sports. That yeah. was so um, scary. Yes. Yeah. It was. So there was a lot going on. I mean, honestly, like there was there was so much that was happening. Um, Caroline took some time off um, from work because her work uh, provided like some paid paid time off um, because of the closures. Uh, you know, to the business and everything. So she was looking for something to do. And uh, she pulled up an old spreadsheet that we had from five or six years ago when we were originally looking at this idea of ranking the Disney animated canon. And she was like, you'll never... She's like, you'll never guess what I just pulled up. And I was like, oh my God, we have so much to find. And she was like, I found the spreadsheet of us doing the Disney canon and ranking it and our rubric. And I was like, oh, my God. And she was like, well, um, I need a project because I have some time on my hands. Why don't we, you know, dig this back up? We have Disney Plus now. Like, we have some spare time. Let's let's dig it up and, you know, give it a fresh face and, and do something with it. And. Um, in in the research that she was doing, she was like, well, what about doing a podcast for it? And I was like, great. I want to listen to myself talk all the time. And, uh, you know, was nope. like, well, not really. But, you know, yeah, it actually sounds kind of interesting if, if we were to take it and make it a little bit more personable, because originally it had started as a Tumblr blog, of all things, uh, thanks to Caroline as well. But uh, 
we were like, yeah, we're not going the Tumblr route anymore. That's that's Ew. not a thing. That ship so, has yeah. sailed. Yeah. So let's let's look at let's look at podcasting. And she found uh, like this, you know, six weeks to launching a podcast uh, thing. So she. Uh, put in all of these elements of like, this is what we would need to do every single week. Um, a, a running theme for me is I work a lot. So I was like, hey, if you're able to like come up with what's going on, um, if I can fit this in on like nights and weekends, um, because all of this COVID legislation is coming up, I'm working stupid hours, like we can make it work, but like we got to come up with some structure. Well, luckily both of us are very structure oriented. So she had this list and this calendar and it was like, bam, week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six, and then launch. So in the span of like six or seven weeks, we recorded six episodes and seven, seven episodes and revamped our entire rubric and figured out exactly what we wanted to do. We got the Twitter up, you know, up and running and, and it was a whirlwind, and then in June, we released the first three episodes. I just yep. also, it's one of those moments where you probably didn't realize it because it's just normal to you, but you're the type of people who also just had a rubric kicking around. <laughs> well, so we had we had created this rubric back in 2015 or 16. As you do. <laughs> right, just just for funsies, you know, as a, as a project not? we were going to work on. Because, like... Like I said, the, the the weekly dinners was more than weekly. It was like every other night we were going over to their house yeah. or they were coming over to our house. And that. we watched an inordinate amount of television and film. Mm -hmm. And so we figured, well, if we're watching Disney movies anyway, why don't we turn this into a project and like put it on the Internet for people to read? Uh, and so one night we sat down and came up with a rubric. It made no sense. When I, when I dug it back up, it didn't add up to a hundred. Like the point values were not balanced. It was bad. It was bad. It was real bad. Uh, but we were able to pretty quickly kind of rebalance it, turn it into, you know, okay, this is out of 100, this is proportionately what we think everything is worth. We broke the criteria we talked about down further within each category. So like our story category worth 25 points, we have four different criteria that we look at within that category and we broke each of those down into smaller bite-sized pieces. So you can really look at it objectively, scientifically with as little bias as possible and really quantify what is good and bad about a film and like that gets us going we love stuff like this like, yes we are we are spreadsheet nerds um when i met caroline she was just as into spreadsheets as she is now and um, but i had to introduce the components of having the spreadsheet work for you um, yes because I'm, I'm the queen of like excel formulas making the worksheet do the work for me conditional formatting all sorts of fun stuff pivot tables um all, all that fun, boring stuff, um, but thrills me. Love it. And uh, I really had to get her. I will be in, completely honest. Utilizing it more rather than I doing it don't everything know how to do a pivot table. That's okay. We don't, need it for the, we don't need it for the podcast. But um, it, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, we love spreadsheets, but let's, let's do it bring everything way. together, what you love and what I know how to do. And let's make something that actually works. So now with our podcast, everything is spreadsheet based. So everything is in there. Yep. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and that's, and that's what makes it work. 
I just, I don't, I'm, just, I'm so blown away by LU2. And when we first met, I was like, oh my God, that's how you do it? <laughs> but <laughs> my friend Margie, um, I forgot she had some tweet or Instagram thing. She's like, um, doing spreadsheets will now be called hot girl shit. Yes. So just so every time you're doing your spreadsheets, you can be like, doing hot girl doing shit. Doing hot girl shit right now? Doing hot girl shit. So, Absolutely. Uh, spreadsheets are hot girl shit. Yeah. You're something like Victoria, also a fellow sp- uh, a spreadsheet nerd. <laughs> and then, Clearly, yeah, we need to meet Victoria. Yeah. She's. <laughs> Over there, watching. I can't hear. <laughs> Probably Star Wars is going to guess. It's either Shit's Creek or uh, Star Wars Rebels. Oh my God, I'm watching Shit's Creek for the first time, and I'm never loving it. And loving it. It's so hilarious. I've never it. seen it either, Crystal. Yeah. You know, it, I actually think it's probably great. And this, um, one of the characters reminds me of a client I work with. And if you ever have that, it's just you make that connection, and it's just too late. But I, I love it. Oh, yeah. bit. I'm sure it's great. Uh, I just had to accept that this is going to be a cultural thing. I'm going to miss out on. There's, I have a lot of them. This is one of those. I'm like, all right, I'll pick up for other stuff, but just not this particular one. But it's all right. It looks incredible. Carol- Caroline. Uh- I, I still have she some catches significant up. gaps. Yeah, she 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 catches up on Game of Thrones spoilers when it was coming out like live, and then we would you know warn our group chats of like, hey, we're talking about Game of Thrones spoilers when it was still you know live, and she was like, that's okay, I'm okay with getting spoiled, and we're like, you don't watch the freaking show, you've only watched like the first two seasons. What do you mean? Like, you're like not that. up to date on this. Get out. <laughs> Correct. I've only watched the first two seasons, and I think maybe a couple episodes in the third season, uh, largely because around the time that I was really starting to get into the show was when, when in the season that they were actually producing at the time, George R. R. Martin and his camp basically gave uh, the producers and writers of the show free reign and said, yeah, okay do whatever you want at this point. And it became very much not the books anymore. And it honestly, it really upset me because the first season was, did did such a good job of adapting the books. I was really kind of mad because at the point where you start killing people who don't die or keeping people alive who do stay dead, it's not the same material anymore. Were, yeah, I but if we're gonna wait recall. for George R. R. Martin, Martin to release Winds of Winter, like we're all gonna die. That's so, entirely fair. You know, in order to keep the series alive, they had to get that additional, you know, relinquishment of control. But yeah, we we do that with all sorts of like nerdy pop culture stuff. We Same. Just... I I miss Game of Thrones too, and I'm so glad I did because the way that ended, like I probably would have gone back and watched the whole show if it even ended like okay, but like. You know, there's other shows, like How I Met Your Mother, like that yes. last episode and season were so bad, it ruined the entire series for me. Don't even like, get I, me on that soapbox. Never on, let's do it. never watched that one, only don't, watched, like, don't. individual bits and pieces, did yeah. watch Game of Thrones. Um, I was not as terribly upset as most people were, um, because I think that the end result that we got was what I was expecting. Um, but the last season, or even last two seasons, were very rushed. So, like, you know, if you weren't if you weren't expecting it or or you couldn't make those leaps in your head, you were never going to be satisfied. And, you know, I still have my gripes with it. I rewatched the entire series relatively recently within the last six months or so um, because I still find it enjoyable. But, you know, when I get to the last two seasons, I like start bitching out loud and I'm like, do you skip around? Because like if I watch something again, I'll skip 
Like I, when I watch Sopranos again, I've watched it so many times. Like I skip around after season three. Oh like, no, I can't. Don't need this episode. Don't need this episode. I, I watch everything start to finish again. Oh my god, you're so Victoria. <laughs> like, like, okay, so I've watched. So I watched, watched sixteen seasons of Grey's Anatomy. They're on season seventeen right now, um, and that is so there's 16 seasons on netflix and then season 17 is on hulu because it's live right now um i will that's my fall asleep show so that will be on every single night i have watched that series probably more times than i can count but no i'm watching it in order every freaking night like even the night before her wedding it was on her tablet well yeah you gotta have comfort yep absolutely I also you, felt like trash the night before. That's my true. Wedding. You like, were really not, sick. Like, yeah, I, I got, I oh, got like this twenty-four trash. hour bug. Like, it wasn't like even like cold or something. Yeah, it wasn't even like I was shit faced, like enjoying myself. No, I was just sick. Um, so yeah, I watched, I watched Grey's Anatomy. I think I did. I had that the night before your wedding too. I got a really bad migraine, um, but I turned on something else. I think uh, football. Oh, it was, it was fall. So football. It, yeah, was football. So I was watching college football. Like, uh, I'll just turn on stuff that like makes me feel good. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, if, if I'm watching a TV show, like I have to watch the whole thing start to finish. There's no like picking You're up. Down. I, I, yeah, I can't. I, I am so linear that like it's painful. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Well, like I know like um, Veronica Mars, which I still love. Um, that last episode of the when they did, I don't know if anyone watched it, but like the Hulu season, that last episode made Victoria so upset. She'll never watch Veronica Mars again. Wow. I, I, yeah, I didn't watch Veronica Mars. Um, but I, I did. I did hear the same thing. It was a lot like how I met your mother, like the last season. I, I disagree. I personally loved it. I thought it made plenty of sense. I didn't want to see the way they did it. But Hamian was worse because not only was it a bad episode, they spent an entire season set. Uh, no, I'm going to stop. I'm gonna <laughs> they stop. spent an entire minute. season setting up something only for the very last like 15 minutes to a race to a race and completely eliminate the entire point of the series because it was the same title how i met your mother surprise it's about your aunt which is kind of weird yeah <laughs> yeah that would have pissed me off so, oh, so <laughs> yeah spo- spoiler alert um ted and robin is not a ship that i will ever ship no and i don't like I, ted either i really liked all of season seven with barney and robin and like yeah barney actually finding his like humanity and some maturity <laughs> And I love Neil Patrick Harris as an actor. Like he he did fantastic work in that show. If he was heterosexual, that show would have been disgusting. It was only funny because like he was making fun of like that type of straight. Yes, it's entirely satire because he was was a gay man making fun of straight men stereotypes, and it was wonderful. Such a douchebag. Yes. Oh my God. I feel like we're all very similar. And I I kind of feel that way too from like, I think a lot of the people we've kind of like gravitated towards through Twitter and like, and now we formed like Let's Chat Club and our our crew. But like, I feel like we're all people, like, at least myself, I know, but I get very, very emotionally attached to pop culture. So like, maybe like another thing with Slip and ways like, I I don't, I think everyone else does, but apparently that's not the case. But like, you know, I, I, I got music, like, I can't just like like, like I can't just like a movie. I have to. I have to buy the movie. I have to watch the commentary, and then you know now this is pre YouTube. I would watch more DVDs and stuff. I had tons of DVDs, and then now it's like I watch WandaVision or anything I watch. I have to go immediately on YouTube and watch like the top ten. You know, I watched so many videos. Top ten Easter eggs you might have missed, oh, dude. Yeah. Okay, so literally, this my is Mephisto? lunch break. That's <laughs> my lunch break every day. I work at a bank, 
And every day I take my lunch break in my office because we don't really have people coming in right now. And so I take my lunch break in my office. I set up, you know, whatever I've ordered for lunch that day or on the rare occasions that I bring it. And I have a little pen holder that's an owl and he has a little book in his hands, but that means his hands are out. And so what I do is I rest my phone sideways against the little owl and I watch new rock stars on YouTube and I watch Eric Voss break down the Easter eggs in whatever Marvel content or whatever yes. Star Wars content really? has just come out. So I watched all of his Mandalorian ones. I watched yes. his all of the trailer ones that he did when they did Investor's Day back in December and they announced yeah. all of the coming projects. Yeah, like I watched all of his one I watched it's literally it. every single WandaVision theory out there that he did. Because we could like get him. I bet if we tried, we could probably get him on the show and then Oh, that would be sick. That wouldn't be improbable. Stranger things have happened yeah he i mean he is getting a little bigger he did just go on gma so like yeah disney is taking notice yeah fame is such a weird thing because like people that i think are super famous no one knows who they are and people i have no idea are are, like household names so (laughs) yeah i wonder i'll i'll get to work it might take a while but i'll try to see if we i'm sure if we if we do six degrees of kevin bacon well and they they do a podcast now so they're um oh they're in our space yeah, they are. So they do, it's called Inside Marvel. It's on Spotify and probably some other platforms. Um, it's basically their after show for all of the Disney Plus okay, I am series. So it comes out every Friday. Um, they record it immediately after watching the episode and then they answer some viewer questions. Yeah. They use stereo to interact live with audience members, which is pretty cool. I was trying to figure out that app oh, my friend does a that. month or so ago. Yeah. But it my phone wouldn't log into it yeah. because technology it, hates me. It's fine. I, I also admit that sometimes I get a little too ahead of myself of like with that stuff. But I feel like kind of with a podcast, you should really dream big because why not? Because like you know, say you, you you know what is that? Shoot for the moon, land on the no, shoot for the stars, land on the moon. Like I don't I don't know if you heard. Um, by the time this comes out, this will already be public. So um, we ended up with this opportunity to produce, develop, and produce a podcast for uh, his name's. Uh, Sloan Jones, but he's he's George Floyd's uncle. He was oh, wow. um, GQ's Man of the Year last year, and just kind of in a weird roundabout way, it kind of got connected. And now Bray, Bree, Bree, Dwight, and I are have this has come out. This should be already out. So we're like we're like sitting down the other night a couple days ago, trying to figure out like what kind of what we're doing and we want to get guest. And I'm like, all right, we should get Ava DuVernay, Dave Chappelle, and Barack Obama, and Bree and Dwight are like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> no. <laughs> But then, you know, we'll see if it happens. Maybe. Hey, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, I was like, I'm it's like, a high, he's it's high, profile. A high profile case. Chappelle and... knows him. Well, I was like, well, I actually texted yeah. him last night. I'm like, hey, Clooney's talking to your lawyers a lot. Do you know Clooney? Yeah, I can, I can talk Clooney. So, well, I don't know. If happens, I like to think that you should dream really big. And then every so often someone says yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love new rock stars, too. I like I've been getting really into video essays on, on the internet, like really into them every night. It's like embarrassing. It's like almost embarrassing for me that like when I get into something like I'm obsessed with it. Like it's it like oh, it's music too. And, it's 110 percent. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! When I finally it's my entire personality. When I Same. yeah. When I finally discovered Broadway in middle school, uh, like like on a like on a more than just like a oh Annie kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. when I really started understanding it, like 
um, I don't know how my parents didn't like kill me because it was just, it was the same stuff that I just got absolutely obsessed with on repeat. And it was everything I wanted to do. Um, I really wanted to see Wicked like more than absolutely anything because it had just come out within the past year or so when I got into it. And, um, you know, my parents got me tickets for, you know, the touring company that year, which was spectacular. But like, I, I honestly don't know how they put up with me because it was just listening to the same thing on repeat all the time until everybody else was like, you need to find anything else to listen to. So then I would find, you know, something else. And I would just be, it would just be constant. You know, I would listen to 25th annual spelling bee and I would just listen to that constantly until I had everything memorized, melodies, harmonies, Mm -hmm. everything. Um, I read everything you could possibly learn about it. Like, unhealthy but like that's literally my entire personality i can't stop i would like to stop maybe at some point but i can't uh my latest obsession is like nonograms right now which are like it's just like a puzzle it's just like a puzzle similar to sudoku um where like you shade in the circles based off of like a certain pattern and like i'm obsessed i i do it all the time like it's unhealthy but i've i've been hooked on it for like a month and i can't stop no and i I I have no reprieve I think that that level, that thing that's so great for myself and for what you two have been uh, accomplished with your podcast as well is like, um, all of a sudden, all those hours of just things that you thought you're. I, I've had periods in my life where I kind of almost felt shamed for how much knowledge of The Simpsons I would have, but not knew my can do my homework. Uh, very LD, but like all of a sudden you're like, oh, being a Disney nerd is like, it's it's cool now. I mean, right. what you're doing, like. You're 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 actually ex- like, literally you're experts like literally we did Lady the Tramp and I'm just like, and I I love your show I listen to it I'm just like what how, how do you all know that I mean, well this- and it's funny because particularly like both of us were very into music very into Broadway especially growing up and have some like significant musical training and we also like I said consume an inordinate amount of television and film and frequently we'll just sit around after it's over and analyze it like today after we finished the episode of falcon and winter soldier we got on the group chat with kevin and nicole and our other friends kate and rory and we said that we were caught up and immediately just group discussion of the cinematography and the acting and the you know just breaking it down foreshadowing like like what we got and what you know what it's leading up to what callbacks to to previous films like controversial I still want to be your friends, but I don't think Sebastian Stan is a good actor. Oof, yeah, that's tough. I mean, nobody's perfect, but I cannot get into that show at all. And I love Marvel, but he, oh my god, him on that show makes... Have you watched this week? Yeah, I thought the first two episodes were pretty... I thought the first two shows were... The first two episodes were pretty slow, but like now that we're in episode three and four, like I actually care enough to watch it still. Yeah, you know... His I, acting I this week, like... I watched this week. Is, I didn't care enough to do it this last night, but I'm still so emotionally raw and almost a little angry because of Wanda. I mean, I, yeah. I don't really blame you. Yeah, yeah, WandaVision's emotionally scarring, for I'm, sure. I'm, 100% serious. Like, I literally had to go to therapy. Like, I, yeah, like, I think... I, think I talk Disney about it in therapy. To, like, yeah, it, I think Disney needs to start paying for my therapy because, oh my god, I'm being just emotionally yeah, devastated by that. Like, 
Just like oh, on the daily now. Scarlet Witch nails. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. love that. Well, the, my latest thing that's consumed my personality is WandaVision. Yeah. So oh I God, have Scarlet yeah. Witch nails. Yeah. I bought myself a t-shirt that has uh, all the different versions of Wanda through the decades in cartoon form. Um, I also have purchased the uh, leggings from her finale costume where she has her, her new super suit. Um, they're on back order until June, but I don't care because I bought them. You got them. Yeah. I did. Well, I mean, I was listening to Machine Gun Kelly's uh, new pop punk album, and now I have blue hair. So I, I, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> it happens. I'm the exact same way. No, but, uh, so no, please, please watch episode four, at least, of Falcon and Winter Soldier, because Sebastian's acting this week was spectacular. phenomenal. Spectacular. From yeah. from start to finish. Wanda hit me yeah. on a different level, too. Like, So I, I grew up with a heart condition, and then I, for years, went to and then worked at a summer camp called Hope with Heart for kids with congenital, like, for heart, with heart conditions. It was, it's free for the campers. It's like a non-profit. It's a wonderful organization. I'm loving to death. It formed me who I am. But one of those things I didn't learn until later in life is not everyone grew up with as much death as I did. So mm-hmm. it's a big thing that's come up throughout the therapy. It's like, I, I've, I've had a lot of grief and loss in my life. Like uh, a lot, a lot more so like I'll be in therapy and I, I look at my therapist and was like, that's not normal. I'm like, Oh, what? So then Wanda, like, and you know, I've been in therapy and doing really well with it, but Wanda like probably helped me move forward in a bigger way than I expected. But it like, was taking a hand and ripping down into my subconscious and ripping out the root of everything I've ever had. Like that scene, like I watched her have that. I was like, yeah, yeah okay, I've been there. Yep, that been and there. just it did something to me. Or maybe maybe that's why I have a hard time with Bucky. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> well, matters. so the thing for the thing for me with Bucky is that he he has outlived everyone that has ever been close to him anyone that he has ever loved anyone that he's ever had a relationship with even steve and his his processing is not as visible and is not being as focused on as wanda's was in wandavision we got to watch her work through Mm. her grief and her loss particularly in the back half of the season we're not getting as much of that because sebastian's story and Bucky's story is not necessarily the focus of the narrative and they've also had to significantly shorten the narrative because of covid their filming their filming was interrupted the season was originally supposed to be 12 episodes now it's only six. Oh wow there's an entire subplot that they had to cut out because there was going to be a pandemic in the show the working title for the show when they were filming was pandemic productions See, this is why I love talking to YouTube because this is the stuff I watched YouTube video. Because remember we did um we we did that Marvel panel together too. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my! Oh, was your friend who had seen the two first one? Um, Kate, oh yeah, Kate, she's yeah. she's part of our our. She's she and her husband are the third couple in oh, our little in our smaller chat. Yeah, that we just all we do is Marvel. talk about nerdy stuff, specifically yep. Marvel. Um, but yeah. yeah, we have we have an additional chat because like we have a main chat of like our main group of friends and we talk about that talk just random stuff day in day out. But then we have a smaller one that like so that way the the ones that aren't as into you know all of our nerdy stuff like they don't have to handle it. But up with us. We, we have it yeah because it it's like it, it bombards your phone. Like there was one morning where they had caught up on either WandaVision or or Falcon and I hadn't woken up yet. And I woke up to 48 Sorry. unread messages in like 10 minutes. And I was like, what is going on? I love you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like, um, so far in, in both of them, 
that um, they are talking about trauma and and working through those levels of trauma also, um, because it is attached with grief and loss. And, you know, there's all of these. It's a very multifaceted um, level of, of, of emotions that everybody is, is working through. Um, so I think that that's really uh, important to, to show. I think that we don't have um, enough representation of uh, when it comes specifically to responding and processing and working through trauma and traumatic oh, yeah. experiences. Um, and, and I think that, that having that representation is really critical and I'm glad that Disney is, is able to put that spotlight on it. So, you know, for, from your perspective, it, it, it really targets that loss and grief and working through that. And then, you know, from someone from my perspective, it, it, tackles trauma and and working through that process also so it's hitting all of these different marks where it's going to be responding or people are able to respond to it um, in in so many different ways and I, I think that that's really valuable it's making it a, a more than just a you know superhero movie or superhero tv show yeah. it's, it's making it a lot more complex and and i think that that's really beneficial to the space I, I did completely agree. I, I did like that thing. I do like how uh, they showed the. It kind of actually made me. Uh, it, I heard it, uh, Kevin Smith say that and beyond that um, in this universe that Tony Stark is Jeff Bezos because uh, he's a billionaire and Sam's poor, and uh, like you know, like he's a freaking Avenger. And I guess uh, they were talking about like that's more of like a a throwback to to like the old uh, Stanley Jack Kirby days too of like bringing these real world issues, which is you know metaphor for veterans and stuff. I was like. Man, the Falcon. I do. I, I do like. I do like the Falcon. Or maybe I was just in a bad mood last night. and Didn't want to watch it. I take it all back. Convince <laughs> me. I'm going to watch it tonight. You know, anyone listening in real time, it just came out last. This what was, what was yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Episode four. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Episode four. Um. Also, question: Have you seen Sebastian in anything else other than his role as Bucky? No. Okay. Highly recommend his arc in Gossip Girl. Highly recommend I Tanya. Um, oh, I wanted to see that. Oh my yeah. god, I love Itanya. It's on Hulu. It's I, I'm okay. obsessed. I love that movie. I remember that. Um, all so his his time. work outside Marvel is also pretty strong. Really good. Yeah. I take it all back. My controversial opinion. That's so kind of. This is like on a Lady and Tramp episode where I'm like, it's not that pop culture level of it. And then like I, the next day, I was at a hot topic and I saw <laughs> Lady and the Tramp socks. I think I tweeted. Him. I was like, I am wrong at every level. <laughs> I didn't please. I was like, Kevin, please make me look good on the podcast. He's like, never, <laughs> never. So I guess a uh, wrong and rebel. We'll go with that one. But you know, I I, I do love that. It's like your Disney love goes um, so deep, and like the emotional connection to the friends and the family, and but like, and well, I mean, you, you can you, see. You, yeah. Behind me, I see a rose. this is a fra- this is a Mark Davis cell from Cinderella. That is uh, oh. a limited edition reproduction of his actual hand drawing of Jack and Gus from Cinderella, and then that is from a wine and paint night that we did as an Ohana uh, at the mall at at, at Florida, Florida Mall, mall yeah. at Florida Mall in Orlando. Um, I have one. This is mine, and then my husband's is somewhere else in the house, probably out in the living room. Um, and I have that one is the rose. in my yeah. It's I have one in my guest. Beast. Yeah, so mine is in my guest bathroom, and oh. then I gave my mom the one that I made because Beauty and the Beast is her favorite movie. Oh. So my the one I made is is at my parents' house. So, but uh, funny story, funny story about that night. I definitely um, faked sick to get out of work so that I could be on time <laughs> to that. Mm-hmm. And now they know. 
Ah, okay, I don't work there. You don't anymore. work there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the two people I had to lie to about it, my coordinator and the trainer on duty, I don't really care for them either. So. <laughs> it all worked out. It all worked out. It's fine. Me and there's movies I like. I mean, there's movies I'm like, oh yeah, I I, I remember its existence. But it was like three. Cl- like you'll talk about Disney movies that I'm like I. I don't even. I didn't even know this existed, and I was like alive and of the age of like should have seen it. What was like three col- three something? I'm thinking three caballeros. Of? caballeros. Yeah, never even knew that existed. So ne- we are we are going to be coming into uh, relatively soon. I want to say it comes out May. Um, Home on the Range will be coming out as one yes. of the upcoming episodes, and I hate that movie subjectively with everything in me. Um, and I and I and I talk about it in detail, but I definitely felt the need when we recorded that episode to tell people, like, I swear to God, I was objective when it comes to this because the hardest part about doing our podcast is to be as objective as possible. You know, we make it and and break down the rubric and conference with each other before you know we are locked into a final score and say, you know, is this objective? And at the end of that episode, I have a disclaimer that I recorded that I felt compelled to do that said, look, I hate this movie and I haven't, you know, made any qualms about it. Uh, You know, nobody, nobody's under any type of any other, you know, notion that I hate this movie, but we did put this through the microscope and through the same rigorous process that we have with every movie. And, you know, and, I, and, and we've seen it on both ends, right? We've recorded my favorite episode or my favorite movie in the entire canon, which is Emperor's New Groove. And now we've recorded my least favorite in the canon. And even though we've recorded my favorite, I didn't give it a hundred out of a hundred. When I put it under the microscope, it ended up in the range of like the seventies. And like, yeah, I hate that. Subjectively, I hate that about it. It's a hundred in my book, but like, when I put it under the microscope, it, it's not. So when I put my least favorite movie in the canon in the microscope, I was like, no, seriously, this movie sucks and I can prove it. Uh, so <laughs> that's, I did and not, that's part of... I did not rage, you know, onto this movie with a subjective lens. Like, this is exactly why I gave it the score I did. Right, and that's kind of part of why we took this on is because we want to be able to like scientifically prove why a movie is good or bad because this is a discussion that Disney fans have is, you know, this is my favorite, this is your favorite, and people will get into, you know, arguments over mine's better than yours and yada yada. And so this this is intended as like the objective, this is where we're at. This is breaking it down piece by piece, point by point, which ones are better than which ones. I love this about you. Did you, going into it, did you, uh, I know you're not done yet, but like, did you have a guess of what you think would become the number one? Like, We had a couple of guesses. Um, We haven't gotten to them all yet, but uh, currently sitting in number one is Lion King at like, 94 i want to say was and that one like, of high. yeah yes we knew we knew lion king was yeah. gonna be high beauty and the beast we Aladdin, still lion yeah king. we still haven't done um what i think is going to end up being number one which is beauty and the beast um and that's because um howard ashman had the most musical control over uh little mermaid and beauty and the beast um and i think beauty and the beast was the most cohesive project um, you know, where we finally got, you know, our legs under us in the Renaissance and, and 
you can mm. tell how much Howard Ashman was involved in that. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Beauty and the Beast is going to gonna bypass Lion King, but until we put it under the microscope, it's it's hard to say. But my, my money is, is if anything is going to overtake Lion King, I think it has to be Beauty and the Beast. It's going to be close either way. Yeah, I think that's the... Um, I, mean, I think Aladdin did not hold up as well as I remembered. Really? I think Aladdin I, will also be high. I think Aladdin will be high. I think that Aladdin still has the potential to be top 10. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, there there are definitely some things that that you can you can well, criticize like, yeah, for validly. White actors, like I guess, I mean, like, it depends if that's if you get really into that. But like, I I just remember like, well, I, I, the podcast I love Blank Check. They were they just did a series on uh, uh, Cle, Clem, um, Ron Clemens and Ron Clemens and John Musker. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and love listening them. to them talk about Aladdin, I was like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I actually watched it earlier today because I needed something to turn on. Comfort and, uh, you know, d- default. And um, I did notice that they actually put the disclaimer before it now. Um, about, oh, yeah. You know, uh, cultural insensitivities. And, yeah. you know, in 1992, you know, we thought that this was a good idea. Wasn't a good decision then. Isn't a good decision now. But, you know, we've kept the movie's integrity, you know, so we can still shine a light on on you know and what we talk- did in the past and and open up those conversations and um, yeah and talk I was actually surprised cuz I didn't remember it being on there the last time I watched it I don't, I don't remember it being on there either but you know times have definitely changed especially in the past few months um so I think that that um we're a lot more willing to have those conversations now which I think is super critical and you but know what I love about that story too is because those directors and their career on Moana which would like you know was Besides being perfect, like you know, all, all the complaints that we people would have today about 1992's Aladdin were, were um, when they t- when they did the Moana episode. It, that was it was so you know I, I I'm a big fan of uh, there's always a road for redemption or a, a big fan of forgiveness. I'm like what a good example of these people who like made that movie in '92 and by 2018 they made Moana and like they had learned like shameless plug not, our Moana the, episode the, is about to come out now um so by the time this is released it will be a recent episode in our feed uh featuring our incredible friend uh katie corpus who really knows her stuff about uh the the development process we actually talk a little bit about the impact to the uh pacific islander community um it was not as well received as you would imagine even though disney did a lot more due diligence on that than yes I heard like that in the Blank Check episode. In the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they mushed them all together. It was like they wouldn't even... Yeah, uh, I would definitely still argue that Disney is is making the right strides. I mean, with Raya and the Last Dragon, we also saw more strides. Um, but, you know, there are still some valid criticisms that come from those communities that say, hey, you know, we focused a whole lot on having, you know, Chinese or Korean actors and, and there's a whole lot more to Asia than, than China and Korea. Uh, you know, let's let's get some more, you know, representation um, the next time that we have something. You know, sure. It's good that we're getting represented, but, you know, let's let's take it to the next level. And and I and I think that as long as we're um, we are perceptive to listening to that valid criticism and valid feedback um, those communities deserve a seat at the table and those communities deserve um, to have those criticisms be heard and, and taken to heart. And I think that as, as long as as a community, we are perceptive to that, um, 
then I, I think that we'll still be moving in the right direction. Yeah, Disney's a, I mean, it is hard to make a multi billion dollar conglomerate do anything. So, I mean, listen, I, I know it's never going to be enough. It is what it is. I'm just, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're in a grateful mode right now. So we're, I'm, I'm happy there's some changes at the better for this, but um, never I was going to say, oh, yeah, Moana is like, you know, like culturally, I think Frozen is the movie that people would think is like all little kids are obsessed with, which it definitely is. But there's definitely another subset, which my family was like, was Moana. And I don't know why. It's my, it was the first thing my daughter ever loved that like character. Because we probably had watched it with her when she was little. And one time we were at Target and there was a cutout in Moana and she like pointed and I think maybe like pre-verbal. And I was like, oh. And that was like, that just became, oh my God. I, And I still like it. And I, I've honestly seen it 500 times. I'm not even exaggerating. And I've listened to the soundtrack. I listened to the soundtrack with her today. And I, we were driving back from a great day at the park with my brother and my nephew. And that song with Grandma Tala was on. I'm like, oh. Yep, it's, it hits you right in the feels. so good, and, like, I don't feel that way about Frozen. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how those movies hit for different people. Mm. Uh, Frozen is absolutely a phenomenon. And um, I, I think I personally enjoy Frozen more than Moana subjectively. Um, but that's also because um, I relate to Elsa as a character and, and her growth um, and her fear and her trauma processing, um, mm -hmm. you know, as it, as it applies to my own life. Um, but I can definitely see why um, Moana is a phenomenon for that other subset of people that love the revival. I, I think that, uh, I think that that's what makes the Disney canon beautiful is that people can put movies on such a high pedestal and fall in love with it so much and and the reasons can just be you know innumerable because there's there's so much to love about a given movie that's actually i want to switch gears a little bit because you both worked at disney yes we did uh, what was um what was that like like had you had well i know caroline i know you had been to the theme parks already because it was an office hours you said that story when you your parents took you and you were two but yep. like, was it, what was it like going from visitor to employee? Well, I know for me, it's a little different than Nicole because I did not grow up in Florida. Um, uh, so, yeah. but my parents are massive Disney nerds like me, mostly my mom. Um, but they grew up taking me to Disney. They're Disney Vacation Club members, which was basically Disney's answer to the 90s timeshare craze. Oh. Uh, they're also, they were also annual pass holders for a little while. They have the Disney Visa card. Like, they're, they're all in on the Disney bucket. And uh, that was a significant part of my childhood. So when uh, it wasn't going to Disney World for summer vacation, we were going to the Disney Resort in Hilton Head. Or, yeah. And one summer <laughs> oh, we went... Yeah, one, one summer we went to Disneyland uh, in California and wrapped a visit to my cousins who live in L.A. into that as well. Uh, so it's it's definitely cool. been a significant part of my upbringing, largely through my mom. And actually, my aunt and uncle came to visit tonight and they have uh, grandkids, my, my cousin's kids, uh, who are five and almost three. And... Uh, they're talking about their first Disney trip. 
and oh. so we're we're getting we're we're getting the next generation now into oh, so into cute. it as well so it's definitely been a big part of my life in terms of being a visitor and a guest and a consumer of the the disney parks uh transitioning to being a cast member I kind of got to ease myself into it because I was an intern. So I was only there for six months to start out with. I went in 2013 for my spring semester of my sophomore year of college uh, and then stayed for the summer and then went back to school and finished my degree. Uh, but it, I kind of got to dip my toes in the water, get a couple of experiences under my belt and see, okay, do I like this? Or is this just like, check it off my bucket list and go sure. do something else with my life. Nah, I fell in love with it, man. And I think part of that was because I only dipped my toes in and I didn't get the experience of being there for a long time and having to deal with red tape and politics and budget cuts, budget cuts. Oh God. Budget cuts. <laughs> and uh, you know, work working long hours, they will work CPs long hours, but I was lucky enough to be in a line of business where our our closing time was either 10 or 11 during the six months that I was there. And I couldn't work any later than 10.30 or 11.30, whereas my roommate who worked in Magic Kingdom could be out until 2.30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's definitely depends on your work location and your role, whether you're a full time, part time or college program intern um, in terms of what your experience is. Uh, but it I got I got to do some really cool things and meet some really cool people. And I can say that I experienced things that very few other people in the world will ever experience. But it is a good thing that I left when I did because I would not be making this show and I would not be a Disney travel agent and I would not be, you know, doing yeah. all of these other Disney related things anymore if I had stayed any longer because I would be burnt out on it and I would hate it. I know that feeling very much about being burnt out on things. What about you, Nicole? So when I was a young child, uh, so I grew up my entire life in Florida. Um, when I was a really young child uh, in the 90s, my grandparents and took my parents and my aunt and uncle and my great grandmother, and we all went to Disney World for my third birthday. That was our first trip to Disney as like a big family. Um, and they also bought into DVC. They were like those inaugural members. So they got all these perks. So Disney was the vacation of choice because we were in South Florida. Disney's in Orlando, not too very, you know, not too far. You could make a trip out of it for like three or four days or do the whole Disney Death March experience, which was go there for a week, uh, do all the parks open to close every day um, with only like a break in the middle for me to take a nap. And like you just went right back to it. Um, so we we would do that for fun. And uh, when I was a young child, I had I had very high aspirations for myself. We went to Typhoon Lagoon and um, on the lazy river of theirs, they have lifeguards, you know, stationed periodically. And I pointed to one of them and I said, Mom, Dad, I, I want to be a lifeguard when I grow up. That looks so cool. Um, 
children, please don't aim to be a lifeguard as your lifelong dream. Like, please aim for anything else. But that was my lifelong dream. And uh, I was like, one day I, I am going to be a, a Disney lifeguard. Um, fast forward to the 2000s, we end up moving to Orlando because my dad gets a role with Disney um, on the for the cruise line. Um, as a shoreside cast member. Um, so we ended up as as one of those perks of, of working for the company, you end up getting these passes where you can go. Um, he had a level of a pass where um, my sibling, my mom and I could go as much as we wanted. Um, and my sibling and I were both homeschooled. So we would go like every week multiple times a week and it was a way for my sibling to get all their energy out uh, because they were crazy um, and hyperactive. Um, but Guilty. you know, we use that as like part of, yeah, we use that as part of the learning experience. You know, we would go to Epcot all the time and we would, you know, look at flowers for the flower and garden festival and we would try new foods oh. with food and wine. And we would, you know, we would experience all of the different pavilions for the different countries of the world. Um, so that was, you know, that was my backyard. That was my playground, uh, you know, for several years in those formative years. Um, so that, that really only grew that love that I had as a young child into like my, my preteen and teen years. And then, um, when I turned 18, I needed a job when, uh, I was home for weekends and summers and holidays. And I was like, well, Disney's right down the road. Why don't I apply? So I was a seasonal lifeguard for like yeah. three years and uh, I worked stupid hours. I literally stayed at my parents to occupy the bed that they still had for me. I would work 60 to 70 hour weeks every week. Um, I would work, you know, eight to eight or nine to nine. And um, I was a lifeguard at one of the water parks because that's where I wanted to work. Um, so that's that's what I did. And, and that's basically what consumed my life. Um, whenever I was not at college, I would come home and, and just work constantly. Um, and then when the cold months hit, when I was home for like Christmas holiday, um, they would close the water parks because it was actually too cold to run them. So I would get deployed over to Hollywood Studios. I would get deployed to Epcot. I would get deployed to Magic Kingdom. I would work at Animal Kingdom. Um, so I got to end up working like all of these random positions for like two or three days at a time, waiting for the weather to warm up so we could open water parks again. And uh, I have done all sorts of weird stuff. I have worked in the back of merchandise locations, like folding shirts and putting tags on things. Mm. Um, I was the person outside of Kilimanjaro Safaris that said, sorry, we're out of fast passes for the day there's the bathroom like and and I just had like a pocket full of fast passes I could give out to people to like make magic um, and give that to you know families that were that I thought deserved a, a little bit of magic throughout the day um, I got to work Epcot on New Year's Eve um, as crowd control because the crowds are insane on New Year's Eve but I got to watch illuminations like on the clock I got to watch the parades on the clock like there's just Ooh. so much cool stuff that you can potentially do um, with the company. And and that's and that's what I was in it for, you know, and I ended up working with a theme park in one way or another for like eight or nine years. So, you know, theme parks are really in my DNA. I'm not with theme parks anymore, um, which almost feels foreign to me, but I, I really got a great love and admiration for that hospitality, um, you know, customer service 
area, you know, you take the good and you take the bad. That's in every job. Um, but, yeah. you know, I got to do it in these short bursts where that's all I would do for like, you know, a few weeks at a time. And then I would have, you know, weeks away from it. So I got to do it more on like my time um, and that's do a awesome. lot more of what I wanted. Um, and I, you know, satisfied the life ambitions of three-year-old me, which was go be a lifeguard of all things. So <laughs> and your dad, wait, your dad is a cast member. He was um, previously. He was he was with the Disney Cruise Line team Shoreside uh, for about five years, but wow. he did. Um, yeah, he did. He did something IT related. I, he, he has some told crazy because, Disney memorabilia at his house. Yeah, the Disney memorabilia at my parents' house is over nine thousand, like crazy. Um, but yeah, so because he worked for the cruise line um, and he was Shoreside, occasionally he would have to go onto a specific ship and you know do an entire itinerary or two in order to make sure that you know systems got updated and things were running normal you know whatever whatever it stuff and occasionally um we would be able to go on those trips with him so we would do disney cruises like for fun um and you know my dad got to be with um the disney wonder the first time that it got um put up into norfolk virginia um, for their dry dock season to do like that refresh. Um, he was actually up there when 9-11 happened. Um, so like it was, so, so like there's all of these like really strong memories that I yeah. have of my dad working for the cruise line. And um, the last hurrah that we did was on um, the five year anniversary. They gave all four of us a free one week um, trip and we were able to do one of the the one bedroom suites on the back end of the i can't remember if it was the magic or the wonder um because those were the only two ships sailing at the time but um we did one of these one bedroom suites at the very back and we had this huge wraparound deck um they would let us order room service from like any restaurant we wanted my mom and i were um seasick the first night one night and my sibling and my dad went off to dinner and the concierge was like what do you want from the menu? Like order anything and we'll bring it to you. And we were like, hell yeah, that's going to make us feel better. <laughs> so they, and I mean, they brought it in. They, they got it from the actual restaurant downstairs. They brought it up. They put the tablecloth down. They brought all the cutlery that you needed. Like it was like being there, but you know, they brought it to us. It was amazing. Like I have no words. That was one of the most memorable things that I have ever done in my life. Um, I'm so jealous. Right before he left the company, like it was, it was crazy. It makes I'm, I'm seeing the strong connection to the the Disney now, and um, I remember we did our Marvel panel that your parents, um, Caroline, were like commenting. I'm like, oh my god, that is so sweet. So I'm I'm seeing yeah. that you both all have good relationships with your parents, and as a as a dad with a little with a, when I'm a girl dad, I'm just like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I actually make you a super sensitive. I'm I'm currently living in my parents' basement, uh, so I do have a very great relationship Yay. with them uh, enough for them to let me and my husband uh, crash here for much longer than originally planned. We were only supposed to be here like eight or ten months, and then get our own house, and then COVID happened. So uh, oh, here we are, like <laughs> a full year later, uh, still in the basement, um, still. The, the living room is pretty much still full of boxes. We are living out of like 
the six boxes that we unpacked and our electronics. So <laughs> good thing but, the housing uh, market is wonderful right now. <laughs> oh yeah, we are we are hoping to get in on that very soon. And Kevin and Nicole actually literally literally hate this market. Oh my god. Well, Disney's very childlike, so that's uh, the, the childlike wonder of Disney. Probably that's a transition. I'm sure that works. That's our, yeah, that's our <laughs> that's our escape, really. Absolutely. At the end of the day, uh, yeah. yeah that's, oh my and... god! And I, I know I have people, friends. Like I'm like very similar. Like I get very passionate about very about some of my passion. I kind of jump around, so sometimes they don't always. Uh, there's not always crossover in terms of friends. Like my punk rock, like my music, my my like my my scene punk friends don't get two shits about my Marvel about Marvel movies. And then like my friends that like Marvel movies don't care about anything I have to talk about, like music related or comedy or something. Well congratulations. Um, um Nicole and Kevin are uh also into the uh scene punk scene, yeah. Alt rock. What? Uh, Why did we start with this? <laughs> because we could talk about things all freaking day. I was actually thinking about it uh yesterday of all things and like you know how in high school like you get you get the label of like the jock or the theater nerd or, or the you know the academic nerd and yeah. i did all of that well, yeah, i, I was, I was in theater and i was on a varsity tennis team and i was you know maxing out my credit hours in high school like I, I didn't have a label because i was like everything and like I did everything yeah good bad or otherwise like I, I just had so much that i wanted to do that like you couldn't put like one label on it but yeah uh machine gun kelly um has a new song out with corpse husband that i'm absolutely obsessed with oh, i have to listen to it um it's called daywalker absolutely go stream it it's amazing Wait, so if you're um, florida so um newfound glory mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, they play uh, the Glory occasionally on the Yeah. Yep, Dashboard Confessional is from uh well, he's from mm -hmm. Connecticut, but that formed in Florida. Uh, we we've been trying to get Chris Caraba on here for a while. Um <laughs> I mean, that's Bree that's one of Bree's uh things. Oh my god, I had no idea. This kind of makes me super happy. I yeah, I Nicole I introduced me to Hailstorm when we first really became friends and it changed my life. You're Disney people. Do you know Suburban Legends? Mm -hmm. That sounds really familiar. Yeah, I feel Why like I've heard I know of it, that. but I don't think... They're a ska band, but they started Where's off Steven? as... Right? They, they started off as a band at Disney. Like, they worked there and then became, like, a ska band. And they're probably My husband was actually in a ska band when he was younger. Yeah, um, Steven would know. And opened for some, like, major group. Uh, he has played... Uh, saxophone, guitar, bass, all sorts of things. Does he, has he ever listened to Let's Chat? Because I've had some Scott people on that he would like. Um, he has listened when I've been listening. Um, if you like Scott, uh, I have. I, I don't know the Scott. I don't. I don't. <laughs> When That's not ends, my music scene, but just, I guarantee if I like had him go back through your your catalog, yeah. he would recognize names. Just walk sure. over to him and be like, uh, Revel interviewed Pete from Streetlight Manifesto and see what happens. I do know who that I know is. They are, yeah. They're the ska band that non-ska kids like. And we and, and Taylor uh, Morden, who did the ska documentary called uh, Pick It Up Ska in the 90s. Yes, more I do remember you doing that episode. Which was really good, which is was really really good you know i i love ska oh my god but yeah they're a ska band. i think they're probably most known because they did disney ska covers like ducktales and stuff but, uh yes we listen to ska tune network a lot on I youtube 
He's fantastic. I, I love, love that. Yeah, I actually want to get him on here because he played in We Are the Union and like I, I used to really like them and the old singer of Flaming Tsunamis was my friend Andy. I was like, <laughs> that probably would be easy to get easier to get to. I'd messaged with him a couple times, but it hasn't happened. It hasn't. <laughs> well, there's just no time in the day. Like I, I want to interview every single. I mean, God, if I had the time and the money and. Not gonna, well, that's the goal. I would just Joe Rogan it, minus being the bad person, and just take a bunch of money and just talk to twenty people a day. Facts, <laughs> right? Uh, his one of really his favorite like ska bands is Save Ferris. Oh yeah, come on, Eileen, and fe- featured yep. in Ten Things I Hate About You. Yep. Classic movie. I'm, uh, he will. He will always argue with me that their version of Come On Eileen is better than the original. I think well, that's false. Right. I think that's false. Right. Her uh, voice is incredible. Uh, I mean, yes, absolutely. I thoroughly enjoy that version. I think they go too fast. Oh, God. You I think, I think the tempo is just too fast. That's my personal opinion. Um, I have yeah. strong feelings about that song just because of the nostalgia associated with it in my high school years. But... Too too <laughs> oh god yeah this is this is too much fun this is this is this is why we're all in the same crew of people of nerds who do things like this on a saturday <laughs> i need to read this out loud yeah definitely because uh so we have a, a group text sad, before uh, us um no no my husband just texted our, our our foursome group chat and he says i don't know why you all are talking about ska music but i'm being called out it's taking everything i have in me not to shout out and say something can he come I in would bring, you i can would, bring him on the yeah mic yeah oh my god oh my god like, i know are you are you okay to go a little late longer oh yeah yeah let's I do it i have nothing to do oh my god please this is what i live for <laughs> this is only the second time someone's pulled a guest in like this. And one time, um, it was I interviewed two of the writers from Bob's Burgers, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Who do you want to talk to?" And I was like, "Uh, uh Calvin, you." And they and Calvin, <laughs> you're the short list of the long. And I it was got Stephen for you. Let's talk some ska. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is dangerous, Stephen. We're gonna have to do this <laughs> in an Iron, an <laughs> Iron Man shirt. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Hi, I wasn't planning on being on camera or recording today. Oh, good thing we're recording live. Uh, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> I would freak him the hell out. I know it's just, it's, it's your wife's podcast. Like, oh my! So I I just heard that you you just when someone knows what Sky is, I get kind of excited. I there, so Sky was really big. They're like depending on which wave, first wave, second wave, or third wave Sky, depending on where you came in. Like it's really isolated to that group that listened to it. It's kind of like grunge, but a little less well known. Uh, at least I feel like if people oh, know no, Scott, they're yeah. like, if someone knows about Scott, they either love it, Scott, or hate it. But no, like 80% of the people, it, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I mean, I came into the third wave. I grew up in Connecticut where like Spring Hill Jack was like God, which, ah. so like, if anyone listening, they were like, not that big, but every, they're a band, unfortunately, I think they're a drummer or singer died, but like, it was the, they, they were like a super group. But every member from that band went out to become in like Boss Tones, Real Big Fish, and like all the, um, I think the Toasters, Tossers, like everyone from that band would go on. Nicole, I'm sorry, we're losing you, aren't you? No, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, it's I'm multitasking. Like, Kevin's like, I want to talk about Ska. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I came I came in mostly on third wave Ska, although I was familiar with second wave Ska, although the, it was the tail tail end of second wave Ska because I I just wasn't old enough to appreciate and know 
know about Second Wave. Uh, I grew up in Florida, so there was a lot of um, a lot of Latin influence, and a lot of ska came from the Latin influence with the horn True. sections. Um, and you, so, oh, we're the same age. Did you remember a uh, Holy Bread? The band. No, they were like three. They're uh, three black musicians. They were kind of ska pop punk, but it was funny because their name was Holy Bread. About <laughs> <laughs> as white. <laughs> It's like the white, or maybe they're like white bread or something like that. They were really good. Um, the skeptics. I don't, I, I don't know the sky. Oh, Lesson Jake. That's the big sky. Less, oh, oh man. So his okay, podcast this is, is incredible, by the way. I didn't know Lesson Jake had a podcast. Yeah, it's called Krista Makes a Podcast, and he literally sits down with an artist and they break down their song. And it's oh man, that's awesome. Right, we're not plugging someone else's show. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned uh, Lesson Jake, and this is one of my favorite stories to tell about Lesson Jake. Um, this is the reason why I boycott uh, the Hard Rock Cafe theaters and any venue that they are associated with. Uh, when I was about fifteen or sixteen or so, I went to a uh, who who opened for who opened for him? I don't remember who opened for it, but it was a real big fish and Less Than Jake were the headliners, and there were a couple of other smaller ska bands. And Hard Rock has a hard no moshing rule policy. I'm like, okay, depending on the band that you have, and because you are a high you know a high visibility label or high visibility venue and such, I can understand the no moshing. Um, so, but. When you're at a Scott concert, you're not moshing, you're skanking. So my friend Danielle, she got pulled during the opening band for skanking. She got kicked out and was not allowed to be, uh, not allowed re-entry. I got pulled halfway through Real Big Fish's uh, set for skanking and wasn't allowed re-entry. And so me and Danielle, and they kept on pulling people for for skanking. I'm like, skank, skanking is not moshing. Like, or violent. Big, big difference big difference and so i i just we we sat outside like the, the the group of us that kept on getting pulled out and like uh excommunicated from the hard rock from the scotia that like because we were all we were all super young there was uh, everyone was about my age we're like this is the first time real big fish has come to you know orlando in a very very long time and so we had our own mini concert outside and we were skanking off of uh hard rock cafe's uh ground so they couldn't do anything about it <laughs> so we were just like Oh, those are the days. <laughs> oh man, I love telling that story because just like I got kicked out of Hard Rock Cafe for skanking, like <laughs> at a ska show for like the friendliest people. At a, at a ska show, world. how do you go to a ska show and not skank and dance? Just how 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 do you go to how do you do that? What were you into, Nicole? Like growing up in Florida, <laughs> besides musicals. So yeah, so so I had a really big musical phase. Um, but I had a little bit of everything. So I grew up in South Florida. So the Miami Fort Lauderdale area. So there was a lot of Latin influence. Um, and there was also a big, um, hip hop and R and B scene, especially in the nineties. Cause that was like the golden age. Um, so I grew up with a little bit of that. I grew up, you know, with the traditional nineties pop and, you know, boy bands and Britney Spears and all that fun stuff. Um, and then, um, when in the early 2000s, um, we cut off all music that wasn't like like any anything current, like we just completely cut that off um, for whatever reason um, in my household. So we would start we got into classic rock at that point. Um, my mom loves 
um, Def Leppard and White Snake. So we would listen to like a bunch Air of classic metal. rock. Yeah, my dad was really into um, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Journey. Um, my grandfather loved the Eagles, like just kind of like all over the place. Um, and then when I was in high school and college, that's when I got back into like current music. Um, I really uh, enjoyed modern rock and alternatives. So um, we would listen to so much uh like lincoln park and papa roach chevelle disturbed um my childhood right there yeah avenge sevenfold <laughs> i'm absolutely obsessed with them right. like i don't care if they get any hate like they um they were they were huge for me so when the rev passed away like that was their drummer like that oh, was that's just right i still remember i still remember where yeah, i was disastrous with that, like um so you know like i i kind of just grew up with a little bit of everything i think that there's still pretty strong latin influence like i love bad bunny right now um i still listen to a, a good bit of, of rock and alternative um and i still love musicals so i'm just kind of all over the place um i i've recently been listening to corpse husband because i follow him on um among us streams and stuff um, so I listen to a lot of his music. Um, Lil Nas X is super controversial right now, so I'm obviously listening to him. Um, so I'm just, I'm just a little, I'm just everywhere. Um, there, there's not much music that I dislike. So you know, you'll find me, you'll find me kind of all over the place, and I love that. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't consider myself like a, a super elitist when it comes to music. I just kind of take all of it, and I've oh, yeah. once I find something I like, I'm just sure. obsessed with it until. You know, I've absolutely worn it out. <laughs> Where do we all land on Taylor Swift? Um, she, I, I couldn't get into her when I was, uh, you know, when I was growing up. She, I was the, absolutely the ideal like age range. Um, respect the hustle. Don't get it. Even now, even with Same. the folklore, it's fine. <laughs> like it's, it's not like a, it's not like a. Oh my god, she's pissing me off. I have to turn this off. Like sure. I don't hate her. Like I don't, I don't get the hate for her. It's just not something that I'll automatically turn to. Um, Demi Lovato's new album, though, I am absolutely bumping that. Uh, the artist starting over, where she's talking about her overdose and her road sure. to recovery. Love that. Ariana Grande, obsessed with her. Um, really like Cardi B, partially because she's controversial. I like listening to the controversial stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of all over the place, and I'm okay with that. I think um, for Taylor, I I liked her music. Then I saw the documentary Netflix did. And then I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Like then I once there's like an authentic person I attached to, I'm like, okay, you're a very I think she's yeah, gonna be like, she's Dolly very Parton. authentic. Yeah, very genuine. Um I actually really liked the um look what you made me do uh music video. I thought yeah. the song the song left something to be desired for me, but I really liked the music video and what she did with it. Um yeah. I know that her early work I, I didn't like I, I actually didn't like um because it was very um chord specific. She did not move out of like the same three or five chords and I could Four not get songs. down with that. Yeah. Yeah. And and she like was twelve. Yeah, she yeah, she was young. So like again, that's fair. Sense. Yeah, and it's totally fair. I just didn't like listening to it, so I would turn it off. But anything after those first couple albums, I'm like all right, like I won't, I don't hate it. I won't turn it off. Um, but you know, it's it's still not something where it's like I'll actively seek it out. Sure. It's like unless like one of the songs gets stuck in my head. Um, I have a 2010s playlist. 
Um, so nice. we are never ever getting back together. Like that will come on, and I'm like, I like that song. Like bump that shit, um, shake it off. Like that's just a, a, an earworm. So like you know who? That is a very very catchy yeah. song. Yeah, like you're not you're not gonna be like, oh my god, I actively hate this. Like okay, yeah, it's, it got annoying because it just got played so much. But sure. Like, you know, but I that's don't. Not, that's not exclusive to Taylor Swift. That happens no. with just everything, everything on the radio. Everything, yeah. yeah. So, I'm I, I am actually all over the place, and I'm okay with that. But like, I do the same thing with sports. Like, I I follow hockey, baseball, football, college, and pro. Um, let's see. I follow a little bit of basketball. Um, I love watching the women's uh, soccer national team. Love watching them. I watch gymnastics, college, and elite. I like watching figure skating. Like, I'm just everywhere. And like, I love that. Uh, I, and I and I'm not like, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, you like football? Name the five most recent quarterbacks of the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Like, fuck that. Like, I've been I've been following them since I was a child, and like, I still can't do that because we've had so many quarterbacks. You know, like, I I can't I can't stand gatekeeping. Gatekeeping. I can't it's stupid. Stand the gatekeeping. I can't. You made a man talking to a woman about a subculture. Fuck. That's, I hate it. Sorry, too. you can cut that. But like, yeah, I hate it. I I can't. Yeah. I can't stand gatekeeping. Like if you, if you like the sport and you like, you know, watching it or you like music and you like listening to it because you know, it gives you joy, like live your life, you know, listen to it. Yeah. Like I'm not do what you want to do what you want to do. Like what you want to like, why is anyone yeah. telling you otherwise? Should we, uh, I had a guy, you otherwise, I had a guy face. at a restaurant a couple weeks ago. I went to go, go see people. We, we, they had like an outdoor patio seating place and the guy literally stopped me because I was wearing my Tampa Bay lightning, uh, you know, world, uh, cup champs t-shirt. And he was like, you know, your shirt's a lie. Right. And I was like, excuse yeah. me. And he was like, you know, your shirt's a lie. The penguins have won more cups than you guys ever have and i was like tell me more i'm, I'm so not the interested i don't give a shit like what <laughs> why why did why, you why, feel why? the need to stop me to talk about your team like i don't know you and like That's my team so won weird. it all last year sorry that your team sucks i don't know like I don't. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I just, you know, yeah. great. I'm so glad you're overcompensating and you feel the need to tell a woman that like her shirt is a fucking lie because you're mad that your team sucks. I don't know what to tell you. Should we uh, steal your wife back? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, you can. You can totally have her back. I just, I heard you guys oh, talking about Scott, so and fun. I got, I got called out, and I was like, you okay. did not get called out. We said that we needed you here if we were going to talk about Scott because you were our expert for it. Did you, before you go, though, did you expert. watch Pick It Up? Uh, no, I and I'm not a Scott expert. I've just, I love Scott, and I played in Scott our Scott band, and I played a lot of instruments. It's just. I, there's there's so many like you can never know scott never got big enough to like get mainstream so there's so many pockets of scott yeah, watch, everywhere watch that i never got was, i never got it. to listen to and there, there i mean you can count the the number of ska bands that made it big on like both hands and like some of them some of them got really big some of them didn't and just like I love like whenever someone comes up to me with an album from like a, a ska band or like a punk rock band from like their local region, I'm like give it to me. I will take anything and everything I have. Uh, my favorite ska band um, was actually a local band called Union Rising, and this was the band that I opened for. And they toured up and down the East Coast a little bit, but um, they were a real big hit in Central Florida, uh, almost like the Supervillains, uh, just just not just not as big. And we we opened for them at a local venue. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like 
15 year old Steven's dream. I'm, I'm in a ska band opening for one of my favorite ska bands. Like that was incredible. That so awesome. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely phenomenal. So like, I will take any and every ska music and local band and local punk rock band that is thrown at me and listen to and enjoy and promote and everything like that. But I'm going to get off now and give the microphone back to my wife. (laughs) Thanks for coming out. That was so fun. (laughs) Absolutely. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Thanks guys. (laughs) Bye Steven. I know. And we videoed tonight, which we never do. So it's like, uh, hopefully we're all dressed appropriately. Oh Yeah. Well, I just love your husband. Well, I love both of your husbands. <laughs> He's <laughs> pretty great. Yeah, they are. Keepers. I think we should have Steven uh, start co He's our co-hosting Let's Chat Live. <laughs> oh my god. He is not a super fan of being on camera or listening we'll to himself talk. We'll find some yeah, do a Scott episode. If you find a Scott episode, I think you could talk him into it. Yeah. yeah well, there there are Scott podcasts that I know of that I listen to. So I was just thinking like, oh, we'll get them on. And I was like, all right, just yep. stop. I, I don't you know. You could I'm, get them. Sometimes you just You could probably something. reel them in on that one, yeah. Yeah. But that's like, do you ever have, I'm sure you both have that problem where you just like, like you get those ideas and you're like, oh, that'd be so fun. I'm like, nope. You have too much on your plate. Sounds like work. Stop it. Uh, yeah. Stop yeah. it, Christopher. Because then yeah. I end up um, Our YouTube channel. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we, we launched we launched it and um none of us have really had time to do anything with it uh yeah. kevin was starting to just turn episodes into like headliner hey at things. least you, at least you stole it so no one else can take that name that's true yeah yes, we, we do. have that you have it that's um, the best thing but yeah I, I i didn't touch youtube for like seven years like i just had it because yeah. i just was like i don't want anyone else to have this and i we also we're working with a couple of friends for transcription for all of our episodes because accessibility is really important to us. But yeah. both of them got COVID and then uh, Josh lost his Josh lost his job. And so they were both doing like DoorDash and Instacart basically all the time in order to be able to like survive. And they they have a tiny house. So like their expenses are pretty small to begin with. Yeah. Um, but they also have a five year old. So like uh, yep. everything he's, comes down he's to time, growing to eat them out of house and home. Yeah. Yeah. I so, love like, that child. He's adorable, but he is a handful. Handful. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think that there's just, like, so much that we want to do. And and definitely things that are, like, making sure that we're more accessible are definitely at the top of that list. But, you know, it, it does take time and resources. And, and we're constantly on uh, the the hunt to, to find those to, to make things more accessible. But it's definitely, you know, um, that's, that's one of uh, the drawbacks of going the podcast route is that it's not necessarily accessible for everyone. Um, so, you know, trying to find that happy medium is is difficult. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that we're making every effort we can to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. And I and I think that that's why, you know, we're also, um, you know, we don't we don't hide um, all of our content behind a paywall. You know, we do early access with our with our um, Kofi that. subscriptions, but we do ultimately end up releasing everything because, you know, we think that that um you know we're we're providing a net positive to the world um and that and that shouldn't have to be behind a, a paywall to get you know things like um the interview that we did with Jerusha um on her work with um festival of the lion king and, and her experiences as an actress you know the, those were 
those were really important conversations and they were they were happening at a good time. So I think that, you know, putting that out to the public, um, you know, and giving that open access was was important. Um, and, and, you know, I don't I don't think for me at the end of the day, like it's not about the money necessarily. Like if we can if we can at the end of the day, like bring in enough to make sure that this isn't like just a passion project that we just sink money into, then like that's golden for us. You know, like yeah. if some pie in the sky, you know, we end up being able to do this full time, not having to work, yada yada, like sure, great, wonderful. But like the realistic goal for someone like me who's very practical would be we bring in just enough to cover the monthly expenses and, you know, and maybe buy ourselves some new equipment. Yeah. And, and make sure that we get equipment that isn't crap. Like that's, we, we just want Disney world to fly us to their park. Like just, they should pay us to talk about the brand. Is that so? You hard? know, if, if we could, if we could raise enough money for a defining Disney visits, Disney world trip, that'd be I mean, you're a part of the club, ass so like, episode. Is there a way they can send us too? Let's just add to it. <laughs> This, this just, bill just is the getting whole, ridiculous. Just, just the, the whole, whole Let's Chat yeah, crew. The whole crew. Just the whole, let's though. do like a retreat. I oh don't even work. That's definitely something we talk about all the time. Um, if when when conventions come back, at least in the in the short term when they do come back, uh, hit up those press passes. They're oh, so for sure. Awesome. Oh yeah, you can definitely get. You'll be able to definitely get into cons and stuff, at the very least. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, like like I was saying, our friend Kate, she is a oh, yeah, you know. for Chip and Co. So she already has a lot of the ins, and she's gotten to interview some really cool people. Um, she actually got to talk to Don Hahn, um, one of the Disney Renaissance like big shot producers, one on one for an interview for Chip and Co. And then like stayed on off the record with him and talked for like thirty minutes and. Oh he offered for her to like send him a screenplay because she is also a writer and she and I have been working on a pilot for the Ironheart series since before they announced that there was going to be an Ironheart series. It had been rumored. So like we were pretty sure it was coming, but she and I started working on it like back in August or September. That is, I, your personalities and... are making so much sense. Now. <laughs> so why don't you do the show you do? Yeah, um, and I, I actually have now gotten to also talk to Don Han. I did a really cool um, Story Summit animation writing workshop uh, a couple of weeks ago. Kevin uh, Kevin and Nicole are in the uh, many shit posting groups um, specific Disney. to Disney movies um, and some of the more uh, social media friendly creatives on those are in those groups like tab murphy who wrote hunchback which we just did watch night for uh atlantis brother bear um and he was sort of the faculty member that got this big group of disney animation people together for this story summit and he posted in all of his groups about it and kevin sent it to me he's like care you should do this this looks so cool and I, by some miracle, was able to snag a spot in the class for really cheap. And I got to talk to Tab Murphy, David Kirkpatrick, former head of both Paramount Pictures and Disney Animation Studios, uh, Don Hahn, Gary, Gary Truesdale, and Kirk Wise, who directed Beauty and the Beast and Hunchback Jesus. Uh, and Atlantis. And then... Um, 
oh, I'm not going to come up with her name. She was very great. She was the only female on the panel, and she didn't do her talk for the evening class because we did a roundtable instead, but she worked on um, some of the Disney movies, including Hunchback, but also Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Uh, so she's she's a writer and uh, researcher. She got to go on a lot of the location research trips for Spirit and go to like the national parks and stuff. Uh I hope you try to leverage these to some guests for the future. I really, I really want to. Um, I think Tab would be an awesome podcast guest. I know that he does that. Um, Don is far more uh, private, so he it's it's a miracle that he even did this in the first place. And I think they're going to get him to do more things for the Story Summit School, which is really cool. Plant that seed now, you know. Sometimes you wait. Sometimes you plant the seed, wait three, four years. Well, and I got selected several times to ask questions because um, basically what they did is they they put together like a 30 to 45 minute lecture. And then the last 15 to 30 minutes of the class was Q&A and it was in like a video chat form on Zoom. And so everyone had to type their questions in to the chat box. And if you were selected to ask your question, they would call your name. You could unmute your mic and physically verbally ask the question to them and have Mm. like a small conversation and i actually got to plug the show not just to all of the people watching but also to tab murphy and don han which was really crazy uh and got to got to have some really cool conversations with them i actually did shoot my shot with don han i asked him outright um how do i get a screenplay on your desk and he said you kind of don't but I appreciate your gumption. Uh, he he oh, is just hey. that big that if you don't already have a reputation as a screenwriter, it is very difficult to get your work in front of him. Um, so the fact that he offered that to Kate um, several months That's ago. That's actually really helpful advice. It's kind of huge. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know if he was just being nice to her or if he was serious. But either way, um, I haven't in sort of i have somebody who's like forwarding questions to his email for us so who knows we'll find out <laughs> yeah oh well, um this has been super fun but we're going to start wrapping it up um is there anything that we we missed no i don't think so i just want to make sure there's no I don't like, think so burning topics because i i know there's so many turns to take as i'm sure you know a podcast you're like ah <laughs> oh, i get i have to everything and then I, I pare it down i was like it'd be weird if we didn't talk about disney like it would just be weird it yeah. would be so not that's why that's why we write down absolutely everything everything and like are so structured yep. because we yeah, have we, we have we could talk forever yeah we so our I'd episodes say. would end up being like two and a half hours or longer if we didn't write everything out because yep. we would just go on the tangents mm-hmm. uh, so um where uh, where can people find you online uh, i'll go to my right right now nicole start us off yeah so uh you can find us everywhere that you get your podcasts um specifically some of the big ones are spotify and apple um we are very active on twitter at defining disney podcast um and at defining disney sorry at defining disney we can edit that in post uh at <laughs> defining disney and Please come and join us for our watch nights. We host them every other Thursday night at 8 p.m. And that is when we are going through the canon and doing our scores in real time, getting feedback from everyone. And then we also collect those thoughts in order to put them on the podcast episode specifically. 
Yes, we are also on Facebook at Defining Disney Podcast. We are also on Instagram at Defining Disney Podcast. Um, I just posted a shot of Stephen on the mic because that literally never happens <laughs> uh, to our Instagram. Uh, we are not as active there, but if you want to follow us, contact us, RSVP to our events on Facebook when we do them for watch nights, which I'm trying to get better at. Um, that is a great way to do that. You can also check out our website, definingdisneypodcast.com. Uh, that is where you can find our graph where we have every score that we have given in the canon so far, and you can see which ones are ranked how. Um, you can also find on that website a link that says join our Ohana. And if you click that button and enter your email, you will be on our email list, which gets for free every month a free sneak peek calendar to see what is on our list for the next two months, the current month and the following one. So you'll see what movies we're watching, what episodes we're releasing, what bonus content we're doing, um, guest episodes that are coming out, things like that. Um, when, when we have enough notice to put them on there and every month you get a new one. Oh, well, so the one that's the, the one that's sent the one that's sent to you introductorily is the current one, and then every new month you'll get another one. Um, I, I it can't also think you has it also has right. for free the uh, score along guide that we do. So if you want to visit uh, us. If you want to visit with us on watch nights, um, we have our score along guide, which will break down our rubric for you, not just category by category, but criterion by criterion. So those those like sub points within each category that are worth like sometimes only one point. Uh, sometimes they're worth up to seven or I think 10 is the highest and, we have. Yeah. yeah. Character development um, between one and 10 points they're worth. And we actually show examples of the notes that we take while we're watching so that years then room for you to take your own notes. So if you want to send those to us, we can feature those on the podcast as well. Also, if you love our work and you would like to uh, sponsor us monetarily, we do have a Kofi uh, subscription. You can either do monthly subscriptions or one-time donations. Um, that goes 100% back into the podcast. Um, basically, it just makes sure that our monthly costs are covered. Um, but uh, we want to make sure that everything is as accessible as possible. But if you do end up um, giving to us on the Kofi subscription, we do give you uh, some bonus content, some early access. Um, and then uh, some of our higher tiered subscriptions give you access to our office hours every week. So there's lots of different ways to connect with us. And we will be sending out our decals very, very soon, which is another perk that you'll get, whether you're a one-time donator or a monthly subscriber. I don't know how you do anything else in your life outside of this podcast. Caroline's got free time. <laughs> I have lots no, of downtime. No, Caroline, work. she doesn't. <laughs> well, that's also true. I really don't. Yeah. I work. You have a wonderful, including this, I work four jobs. Yeah, <laughs> and you have a you have a wonderful team, and um, this is so much fun. Uh, awesome. Uh, make this podcast is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Find out how you can become a member by going to the website letschatpodcast.net.